The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. We look at the markets, the wheat, the leader today, but... You know, it's nice to see Arlen Wheat be the leader, but unfortunately it's not for good things for the wheat producer. Yeah, absolutely, particularly those in the southwestern plains where it's been so dry for so long. This has been one of the driest winters on record, and uh, today they've had uh, wind gusts of around 65 miles per hour, blowing dust, uh, damaging the wheat that's there, pulling moisture from the soil creating that type of static electricity that tends to damage young wheat plants. And then that's expected to be followed with uh, bitter cold temperatures again by this weekend, uh, with forecasters believing that temperatures will get very borderline cold enough to do more damage to the crop. Uh, All the way down Kansas, maybe eastern Colorado, into parts of Oklahoma and the Texas Panhandle. At this point, they don't think the cold is going to be quite low enough to do damage, but it's going to be uncomfortably close to those levels. And so uh, the market certainly putting some risk premium back into the Kansas City wheat market today. did see a, a Snapchat just yesterday from a producer in the Texas Panhandle who was a great explanation. He showed a wheat field that looked just so desperately sad next to a field that had been completely plowed up and they were planting cotton into it. And he gave a great explanation. He says, this is part of farming. He says, you know, we can kill wheat nine times over, he says, but mine didn't survive. And he says, and I'm not the only producer in the area. So we know it's happening. You guys have been talking about it for weeks that the potential could be there. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, we've been looking at some of the correlations with crop ratings since crop ratings came out yesterday uh, on a national scale and uh, abandonment. And it does suggest that there is uh, what we've been expecting, a higher odds of significant abandonment this year. We've been anticipating that basically a lot of those wheat fields that do get abandoned south of Highway 50, uh, in southern Kansas, we'll go to cotton. Uh, a lot of the fields north of there probably go into grain sorghum. And uh, farmers are just as soon have a good crop there and not have to destroy what's there. But, you know, they adjust and they're survivors and they do what they have to do to make a living. And your report that you sent out midday talked about the weather, talked about the concerns. But areas in Nebraska should be able, they said, to handle these definite readings that we're seeing in the hard to believe talking almost zero with the feels like temperatures in parts of nebraska in april in in fortunately i guess in this case the wheat crop is very late across much of the plains and if it were not if it were on a more normal schedule we'd be talking about a, a significant damage event with this weekend's cold uh, going all the way down into texas so now, that lateness of the crop does worry me as far as yield potential, once again, even for the wheat that is is not, uh, you know, that the drought hasn't taken yet, that still does have a stand there. Uh, we get our good yields from longer grain fill periods, and uh, the late the lateness in which we're taking the crop into its reproductive cycle is going to make it very difficult for us to have a long enough grain fill period this year to get the decent yields. But can we play the devil's advocate and say, well, there's lots of wheat worldwide. There's nothing to worry about. Well, unfortunately, that's the way the market's going to interpret it in the end. That that doesn't help the farmer who's hurt by it now. 
this rally has given a selling opportunity for the farmer who still has some old crop wheat and and also for the one that thinks it's going to have some uh, new crop wheat to harvest but in the end uh, we do not see it drawing stocks down low enough in order to justify a sustained rally long term i do think that we're going to have more hype come out of it this spring uh, as we're expecting it to stay dry in those dry areas now probably through much of the month of april uh, so that'll probably give us some hype and some more higher prices but that's in effect pricing us off of the global market and so we have to reduce exports as a result because there's plenty of, of cheaper comp- uh, competing wheat sources around the world and when you cut the exports that offsets much of the loss in production and our ending stocks may drop from over a billion now to maybe 800 and some million but that's still a lot of wheat arlen the strength of the wheat as you talked about with our corn prices being higher can we say that their corn is kind of piggybacking on the wheat market a little bit even though we've had a change with the rfs uh, well, and it was the RFS news that kind of killed the rally that we saw in, in corn. So we failed to take out uh, yesterday's high in the May corn contract, and then we closed near the session low. So that's not very encouraging. Uh, and basically, we saw a lot of strength there, follow-through buying, uh, piggybacking off the strength in wheat, but also on its own fundamentals with corn acres being down according to usda and with export demand being robust uh we're even shipping some corn to brazil although we every year ship some corn to northern brazil some areas of of deficit corn supplies where they don't grow much corn uh and it's too expensive to bring through their infrastructure Um, but we are the cheapest corn source in the world right now and so export sales and shipments of corn are very strong but unfortunately um, news came out mid-morning uh, that EPA had uh, granted another waiver to Andiver, which is one of our a nation's largest refineries, not for the whole company, but for several of their smaller refineries, uh, a waiver on the RFS, uh, so they don't uh, reportedly have to purchase the RINs necessary to, um, to keep them uh, in compliance by the renewable fuel standard. And that uh, kind of uh, resulted in some loss of confidence in the government uh, uh, support for the renewable fuels program and resulted in a sell-off in ethanol and in corn prices off their highs. Well, stick around, folks. We're going to have more with Arlen Suderman coming up. We will talk more about where we're sitting, planting progress to the south, and we'll take a look at the livestock as well. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network as Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. I'm Susan Littlefield. We look at the markets. I mean, I look out my window today. We've had rain. We've had snow. We've had sleet. And it's too early for stuff to be moving up here in in Nebraska. But you go farther south and guys are wanting to get planting. But weather's caused some problems. Is the slowdown, especially when you look in the eastern part of the U.S., does that cause for any concerns for you guys? Well, it, it's cold and wet across the bulk of the Midwest, and so there's not a whole lot of corn planting going on. Uh, it's pretty wet in the south and the delta where they absolutely need to be planting, so we'll probably lose a few acres there, but I think that'll be rather inconsequential as far as the markets are concerned. Uh, right now what the market is 
sees is a month of May that right now looks pretty good, normal rainfall, normal temperatures, and they assume the farmers will get the crop all planted in 10 days. So uh, come middle of April, if the extended 16 to 30 day, which appears into mid-May, is still looking cool and wet, then the market will be concerned. Dollar, what's your thought? I mean, we saw some higher numbers today. Did it take care of some of the craziness of the last couple of days? I'm sorry, ask the question again. I didn't hear the first nope, part. No, that's fine. The dollar index, we saw it move a little oh. bit higher today. Is that kind of taking care of the craziness that we've seen over the last couple of days? You know, the dollar is back up toward the top of the trading range that's been trading for the last couple of months. Uh, kind of some easing of the trade war fears and uh, also uh, some positive economic data. But it's been like a lot of the markets just kind of chopping around, searching for direction. Right now, we'd have to say the bias is to the upside. I don't think it had a big impact today on the commodities. If it breaks out of that range to the upside, then I think that'll be a consideration. What are we seeing livestock-wise? I know that the, the hogs I wanted to look there first. Yesterday, they were definitely having struggles with limit down. We saw some expanded limit down trade for today. Luckily, we didn't hit those numbers, but still to the negative and lower. Yeah, as we look at the hog market, another ugly day, and uh, we've been going down now uh, nearly over the past week to 10 days. We've done a lot of damage to this market, mostly over trade war fears, not so much with China, I think much more so over NAFTA um, and some of the rhetoric we've heard of late uh, coming out of the administration about threatening to walk away from the NAFTA talk. The positive news is that there's reports out today that President Trump is pushing to get the main framework of an agreement um, with Canada and Mexico uh, approved or at least agreed to by April 13th when there's a summit in Peru. Maybe that would ease a lot of the fears of the pork market. There was a lot of rhetoric today also about uh, the new tariff, retaliatory tariffs from China. I think that's being overplayed. Um, the bulk, when we look at the numbers, uh, roughly 63% of what gets shipped to China and to Hong Kong last year uh, was the so-called variety meats, which is like uh, tongues and snouts and stuff like that that's hard to get rid of here in the United States. But that does add about $6 a head or so uh, to each hog that is slaughtered. But we've taken far more than that off this market. Uh, and uh, I think at some point here that we're going to have a bounce back. But uh, it's ugly for the producer right now watching these prices go down. What about for the cattle? I mean, kind of, they posted some strong gains, opposite of what we've seen in the hog market, but cash has been on the kind of quieter and sluggish side. And and I was frankly impressed with how the feeder cattle and the live cattle markets held to early today in the face of the higher feed prices than the grain side, because we certainly know what a negative impact that had on Thursday after the USDA report. Uh, but then when uh, news emerged that uh, we were seeing a few head of cash cattle move in Kansas at 118, uh, well below where was anticipated last week and certainly below where we were a couple of weeks ago, that seemed to be what pulled the rug out from underneath both the feeder cattle and live cattle and the selling resumed following the hogs lower. Before we uh, wrap up with the final bell here in about a minute or so, we didn't get a chance much to talk about soybeans today. We saw some higher numbers on the midday, kind of firming back after the weakness that we had yesterday. And certainly we're seeing some strength there from the continued uh, downslide of uh, production estimates out of Argentina. It's providing some support. 
but those gains are limited. I think they they were riding the the rally strength of corn and soy and wheat to some extent. And once the strength, once those markets pulled off their highs, so did soybeans. Uh, really worried about next week's balance sheet, what USDA might do in raising ending stocks for the current marketing year closer to to 600 million bushels. Well, and of course, we look at the grains and look at these markets. It's going to continue to be an ebb and flow, as you've been talking about, Arlen, for for a long time. It's going to be a weather market into spring and beyond this year. Yeah, I think the primary focus now is going to start shifting the Serena corn crop in Brazil into planting conditions here in the United States. And as I said, really not paying too much attention to planting conditions until we get to around the 15th of the month. And that's going to be here before you know it. Best way folks can reach out to you, Arlen. INTLFCStone.com. And of course, don't forget to follow him on Twitter. You will be incited all throughout the day as to what happens in the markets. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.